Hello and welcome to another episode of Pod's Own Country, the Yorkshire Post political podcast. I'm Chris Byrne, the Yorkshire Post political editor, and today I'm joined by Baroness Kath Pinnock, a former history teacher and Kirklees Council leader, uh, and now a Liberal Democrat peer. Hi Kath, and thanks so much for joining me today. Morning Chris, on this great spring morning. Yeah, it's a lovely day today actually, uh, here in Sheffield too. Are you down in London today, are you? I am. Oh, lovely. Um, well, I was really keen to get you on the podcast um, following your recent comments in the House of Lords about prepayment metres and the fact that um, their installation in many households effectively means that the, the poorest people often end up paying the most for their energy bills. Obviously, we're all really concerned about our energy bills at the minute. But but for, for those who didn't hear the debate... Um, or see the the Yorkshire Post story about it. Could you just explain a little bit more about what the issue is here and what you kind of hope the government might be able to do about it? Well, this is a long-standing issue that I have been concerned about for for a long time, Um, um, but has been highlighted now because of the huge rise in energy bills that... that, um, folk are going to have to pay. And the issue is this, is that if um, you are unable, for whatever reason, to pay your gas or electricity bill on time, or you you run into a bit of debt, the uh, supplying companies force you to go on to a uh, meter payment scheme. Uh uh, And and. The awful thing about that is, is that the, they charge more per unit of energy than if you are able to, to pay your bills. So those who are struggling the most are pay, asked to pay the most for their energy. And that is just the wrong way round and unacceptable, in my view. Um, We're all sort of very concerned about uh, people who are going to be cold next winter Mm. because they dared put their heating on. uh, And, of course, from being cold, uh, what follows that is is health problems quite often. If you're very young or very old or you've already got uh, um, ill health issues. So uh, it does seem to me just unacceptable that those who are least able to pay will pay the most uh, and i mean how, how on earth can that be right i say mm. to myself <laughs> and how big how kind of widespread is this issue how many households is, is there any kind of indications of how many households have these these prepayment meters installed i mean yeah it's it's in the millions uh-huh. in in kirklees um where obviously I'm still a councillor, there's nearly 20,000 households oh, wow. prepayments meters. That gives you the scale of yeah. it. So, um, you know, about, I don't know, one in 10 households will be on prepayment meters in Kirklees. It'll vary, obviously, across the country. But it's, it's a, on the whole, it's between... Um, six and eight percent around the country are on prepayment meters that's a lot of people Mm. a lot of people so um so they're having to worry even more than everyone else about this huge hike in their gas and electricity 
Um, and that should not, it should not be like that. I think it's it's fair to say, um, watching the debate, that the minister, the government minister's response to, to kind of the points you, you raised was sympathetic, but effectively effectively lacking in any kind of commitment to actually oh, do anything about I, it. I share your concern type answer. Yeah. Which, well, you're the government. Share, share it a bit <laughs> more widely. But um, could, could I ask you on that? What what are your concerns about what will happen as as kind of we look towards next winter if action isn't taken on this on this issue? Well, quite clearly, and it is growingly obvious to people that say those on um, universal credit uh, who lost twenty pound a week after the end of COVID. I hope that will be restored by the Chancellor tomorrow. Um, they will be struggling to, to afford food and struggling to afford heating. And I think it's important for the energy companies to set up a more effective uh, social charging schemes than they currently have. Um, they all they all had some sort of different schemes to help people who are unable to pay, uh, and I think they you know work even harder so that people who are forced to be on meters will pay the same rate as everybody else, the lowest, the cheapest rate possible, um, because that's the right thing to do. And it, it's. It seems, speaking to you about it, it's just a really a matter of simple fairness more than anything else. It's justice. It's a sense of justice. You know, we none of us who live in this country, we, we all want to care for each other. So why doesn't the, why don't the um, energy companies turn things on its head and say that those people who have, who because they're, because they're struggling to pay bills, will pay just the same cheap rate as everybody else. Why not? Um, and the standing charge is, is another issue. And I know uh-huh. um, there's been uh, reports of that from uh, across the country about how across people are about the rise in standing charge. But I had somebody, after I've raised this issue uh, in Parliament, who contacted me to say that they'd not been able to afford gas for four weeks in the winter. So a charity then provided them with some uh, funds to enable them to have some heating. And what they found was that the first £10 of of that uh, funding was taken up by... The standing charge. Wow. The standing charge is 28 pence a day, two pounds a week. So you, you get into debt, you can't afford heating, and then they say, well, hard luck. You, yeah. you, the first thing you've got to do is, is pay a, a whack of money before you can get any heating to pay for a standing charge. None of that is right. 
And can I ask, just moving on to a different but related topic that I was really keen to to ask you about, about kind of how we heat our homes and how we deal with these these energy prices that are kind of going through the roof. Um, so I was keen to ask you about um, what was called the Warm Zone Scheme, which provided free loft and cavity wall insulation to, I think it was 200,000 households in Kirklees when you were the council leader in the noughties. So two decades on looking back on that scheme, I kind of had two questions about it, actually. The first was now now kind of in the fullness of time, we, we can kind of see the full effects of the scheme. What difference did it make? And the second question is, why wasn't it replicated more nationally? Oh, second question is a really good question. <laughs> so, the, so the first, it was, it was um, yeah, so 2005, I think, something like that. Um, I uh, noticed... Uh, uh, was a leader of the, of the council in Kirklees, noticed um, that more people were dying of in the winter, not necessarily of hypothermia, but the coldness in the winter, because their homes, it said, this report said, were cold. Uh-huh. And I thought, we're in the 21st century here. How are we allowing that to happen? What can we do about it? And out of that came the warm zone scheme which provided free free loft insulation and where where possible cavity wall insulation to every property in Kirklees regardless of whether it was rented or home owned or a leasehold or whatever it was uh, people had had the option of having a free uh, loft insulation, cavity wall insulation, and it did. Re- one of the outcomes was that it it reduced uh, carbon emissions hugely in uh-huh. Kirklees. It reduced people's energy bills, um, and uh, people were, were able to heat their homes. Uh, but when uh, uh, people who found it more difficult to afford uh, before were able to heat their homes. So why don't we do it everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, and it provided jobs for local people for, I think it took about three or four years to do the whole whole of Kirklees, street by street across Kirklees till it was all done. Um, why, did, why can't that be replicated across the country? Why not? And, and the way we funded it, in Kirklees was partly the council paid, but the biggest uh, source of funding was from the energy companies who were making, at the time, quite high profits. And the government had asked them to fund energy saving schemes. Uh-huh. So we used that to, to do this. So we could do that again, but we could do it across the country. And it has such huge benefits reducing carbon to move towards our zero carbon goal, which is very important. Mm-hmm. But also, it reduces people's heating bills. And why wouldn't you do that, especially now? And of course, as we know, uh, energy producers are uh, making quite a lot of profit at the moment because of the hike in um, costs uh, to consumers. So why not? Why not? So that leads on very neatly, actually, to my next question. So we're, we're speaking on Tuesday morning um, 
this this podcast comes out on the on the Friday, obviously, for people listening, uh, and you might be listening after that. But Rishi Sunak's um, spring statement, which hopefully is going to address some some of these issues around energy price rises and the cost of living crisis, um, is coming tomorrow, Wednesday, um, as we're speaking right now. Um, and my question is, maybe not, it might not be in the spring statement, but kind of looking forward, what should the government be doing, in your view, to tackle kind of this this cost of living issue and particularly around the issue of of energy bills? Well, I think for energy bills, the Chancellor will say he's already put a, quite a bit of money in. But of course, £200 of that is, is, is a loan. Mm. Um, that apparently is not a loan. But, um, but if we're paying, going to have to pay it back over the next five years. So that's gives some help immediately, but not really, does it? Mm. Um, you know, there's all sorts of issues and sort of associated with that. And then for those on lower council tax bands, there's a um, £150 of um, this year's council tax to help towards that. But that's not going to... You need a long-term plan to deal with this. And it's got to be a combination of um, insulating homes. We have the, In Yorkshire, we have some of the worst insulated homes in the country and some of the worst weather in the country. <laughs> so, so that combination not really good is it so why not a big scheme to insulate homes across the country mm. now that would be a you know a longer term um a package of help but a longer term benefits all the way around but the other thing they should they should do is to give it a standing charges there's no reason at all for a standing charge when we fill up our cars we don't have to pay before pay something before we fill them up, do we? No. So why do we have to pay before we turn on the lights? Well, exactly. So, so I think get rid of standing charges, which hits the poorest most, because it'll be a bigger proportion of what they spend. Um, and let's cut cut some. Um, VAT off, um, off uh, uh, energy. There's a five percent VAT on energy that could come off, uh, and both those things should should help. But we've got to think long term as well as immediate help. Um, and uh, just a final question then um, was obviously being in the House of Lords is quite different from from running a council. Um, and obviously being a councillor, but so for you, when, you, when you're in the House of Lords and you're campaigning on issues, I know you've, you've done lots on, on the cladding scandal, um, which I'd love to talk to you about in more detail, actually, at a future point. Um, but when, when you're campaigning on issues like that and energy bills, what for you is kind of success? What are you hoping to achieve when you, when you raise issues like the prepayment metres in the House of oh. Lords? Well, I only raise them to get change. So... Um... You know, I, what I won't do is, is just stop at the one statement in, in the chamber to the minister. What I am doing is gathering lots of evidence from across the country about what, well, how it's hurting people, the uh, prepayment meters, 
And then I'll put that information to the ministers and say, you know, you've got to do something. And write to um, Ofgen and say, uh, you have the, the you, as a regulator, um, can change this, I think, having looked at what they're able to do. Why aren't you trying to change this? So I should keep going because it's just wrong. Yeah, and I think it's, well, I think it's definitely fair to say this isn't an issue that's going to go away anytime soon for, for anyone, is it? Um, the, kind of the cost of living and particularly when you open your energy so bill or look at it on the app. Yeah. yeah, I'm afraid to say. So we've got to do all we can to help those who, for whatever reason, are going to be in real difficulty. And there will be people in real difficulty this coming coming year. Well, look, thank you so, so much for your time. It's been absolutely fascinating speaking to you. Really appreciate it. And thank you, Chris. No I problem. Hope we can speak again. Yes, definitely. We must do. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Pod's Own Country. If you have any topics you think we should be covering or any stories you think we should be digging into, please get in touch with me um, via email, chris.burn at jpimedia.co.uk. Speak next week.